Thanks for joining us for today's message. Here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. You know, as I was uh, reading this week, again, some history, I, I love history, I realized there's been a few moments throughout history where the world was captured by fear, where men and women on a global scale were living in chaotic times. Uh, the great flu pandemic, uh, it's also known as the Spanish flu of 1918, and communities as diverse as uh, Calcutta, India, all the way to California, their lives were impacted. No one could figure out where it was coming from and how to stop it. And the majority of the people uh, that were dying were people that were considered to be in their primes, their 20s, their 30s, and their 40s. It was estimated that between 50 and 100 million people died during that uh, Spanish flu. You know, it's interesting, the Bible also actually records a few moments in history when the whole world was living in chaos. Uh, I was reading this week in the book of 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 15, and verse 5, it says, In those days it was not safe to travel uh, about, for all the inhabitants of the land were in great turmoil. One nation was being crushed by another, one city by another. I read that and I go, that, isn't that us? We can't travel uh, about for all the inhabitants of land are living in turmoil. That's us <laughs> living in these stressful times. In other words, what the Bible verse there is saying, the entire world was living in a moment of, of stress, of chaos. Uh, they were living in fear. It was the description of a world in chaos. No security at work, no peace at home, uh, anxiety in the city, despair in the neighborhoods, uncertainty in the world. And there was this common denominator, fear. And we find ourselves in this series called Fear Less. And so we just want to know, can you actually fear less in times like there, this? We can all agree, I think, that all of us probably are experiencing a little bit of fear. We're all a little bit afraid, even for those of us who are not even prone uh, to fear or, or feeling overwhelmed maybe by uncertainty. While there's other people in our city that really despair has really gripped them. Uh, they feel completely insecure and, and no peace. Needless to say, we are living in a major crisis. The coronavirus has affected uh, the systems of the world. Really, I mean, you think of politics and athletics and education and travel and health and entertainment and, and our own personal lives. Now, I admit, there are times that I feel like there's more than just the virus going on. It's almost like a, a divine interruption. I think it was Tony Evans that said, a divine disruption. It seems like something is going on in the spiritual realm. You know, and I realize we need a, 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 a breakthrough with this virus. Uh, and, and so I don't want to uh, diminish uh, just how, in, how serious the virus is, because it is. It's affecting a, a lot of our, our lives. But I think we also need another kind of breakthrough, not just a breakthrough with the virus. I think we're in need of a spiritual awakening. The rich... Um, need a spiritual awakening. The poor need a spiritual awakening. Politicians need a spiritual awakening. Our homes need a spiritual awakening. Donald Calder needs a spiritual awakening. 
Europe needs a spiritual awakening. Africa needs a spiritual awakening. Asia, the Americas, Canada, Sarnia needs a, a spiritual awakening. And it is in times like these that I think God is speaking and wanting to extend his mercy. And I've been thinking, what is a spiritual awakening? It's waking up to the wonder of who God is. Now, I know in times like these, um, there's probably lots of questions being asked. And, and really, the number one question that I hear people saying, where is God? Where is God in the pandemic? Where is God in the chaos? Where is God in the fear? Where is God in the mess? It's a very good question. And we kind of dove into that just a, a couple weeks ago. And I also have people asking me, are we living in the end times? Is this what the Bible talks about? Is the world coming to an end? People are scared and frightened. And so really, these are legitimate questions. And I think God loves those questions. I think it, he invites those kind of questions. Because I think those kind of questions shine light, actually, on him. So we do. We need a, a breakthrough. We need a physical breakthrough with this virus. And I think we need a spiritual breakthrough. Because the consequences are staggering if it doesn't happen. I mean, the consequences of this virus, uh, we can't find a, a solution to end this. I mean, the consequences are staggering. If we can't find a, a spiritual awakening, a breakthrough, boy, it can be staggering, the consequences. So the question that I have, and I think it's the question that a lot of people have, is fear the only thing that can be found in chaotic times? Is that all there is for us to look forward to in these chaotic times? Or, or can hope be found in the middle of chaos? See, I really believe hope can be found in the middle of of a mess, in the middle of uncertainty, in the middle of chaos. Um, it's true. We're, we're trying our very best to get the message out about this virus, you know, that it's very contagious. Um, so be very careful, you know, keep your circle of friends very small. And I get that. I totally uh, get that. And because it's spreading so fast. But you know, there's probably one thing that maybe is spreading faster than the virus. It's fear. It seems like fear is even spreading faster uh, than the virus all over the world. And, there's, and I get it. I, there are legitimate reasons why people are fearful. I mean, you look at the stock market. I mean, it's just falling and falling and falling. And for those who have you know, kind of invested in that for their retirement, their future um, doesn't look so good. It's impacting our lives and, and our future lives. I think I never realized just how, how fast... Fear can spread. It can spread uncontrollably. And a little fear can go a long ways. And the truth is, there have been moments when I have been uh, fearful, when I've been afraid. And so, you know, I, I sometimes get afraid because, you know, maybe I'm carrying the virus and I don't even know it. I, I try to keep my circle very, very small. But I've been just thinking, you know, what about if I'm carrying it and I don't even know it? You know, sometimes I get this headache and I go, oh my goodness, am I uh, a carrier? Well, let me tell you, family, church family, we're all carriers. We're all carriers. 
We, we may not be a carrier of the coronavirus, but we're all carriers. And so my question is, what are we carriers of? Are we carriers of fear? Are we carriers of anxiety? Are we carriers of worry? Are we carriers of fear and despair? Or are we carriers of hope? There is a hope that actually can be found in the middle of all this chaos. I mean, I want you to think about this. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you carry a hope that the world is desperate to know about. A world that is desperate and, and living in fearful times. I heard, I heard Craig Rochelle say this week, it was a great question. He says, is what you are carrying worth catching? Let me ask that question again. Is what we are carrying worth catching? Uh, Paul writes a letter to a group of believers in the city of Thessalonica. Uh, on his missionary journey, he had stopped in this city and he planted a church. And he was there, some people think, maybe just for a few months when he planted and, and then he kept on traveling. And um, he heard some things about them. And he wanted to write a letter uh, to them. Of course, they're brand new in their faith. I mean, they're vulnerable in many ways. I mean, somebody could come along and say, hey, what, what you've been taught? That's not true. And so he, he writes a, a letter to the, this group, a small group of believers. I mean, and these were tough times, by the way, for those who had made a decision uh, to follow Christ. So if you have your Bibles, you can actually turn over to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. And uh, we're going to be looking right at the very first chapter, and we're going to pick it up in verse 2. I love what the Apostle Paul says here. He says, We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. And we pray to God and the Father about you. We think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope that you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. I read that and I'm going, okay, here's a group of believers. These are not easy time for believers, by the way. And notice the three things they have. They have faith, they have love, and they have hope. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. And it changed their life. In verse 5, for when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. They heard some good news and and they were overwhelmed by it. And they knew it to be true. It wasn't just words. The power of the Spirit came for them. And I was thinking about good news. When, when we hear good news, it spreads. Uh, when penicillin was discovered in 1928 by uh, Sir Alexander Fleming, antibiotics could treat life-threatening diseases. My, let me tell you, that was good news. When a vaccine was uh, discovered for polio by Jonas Salk. He became a national hero. Why? Because the vaccine was going to impact the world, and it was good news. When treatments were found for those who were suffering with AIDS, it was good news. When it was discovered that uh, radiation and chemo could help those who suffer with um, cancer, it was good news. For women who have really hard labors and they discover you can have an epidural, that was good news. And it just spread. Well, we are entering a season 
where the greatest news, the greatest event in all of history changed the world. And I am not over-exaggerating what I, the point, because it really was the greatest news ever, ever proclaimed. Because the news, it cured a, a spiritual sickness. Up until that moment, there had been no cure. They could mask it a little bit, but they could never cure this sickness, spiritual sickness. And the Bible says that Jesus didn't come for the healthy. It says he came for the sick. He didn't come for the righteous. He, he came for sinners like me, like you, like us. People who were broken, people who were in need, people whose lives were filled with fear and anxiety. That's who he came for. I mean, God could have shouted from heaven, hey down there, I love you, and you in the high rise, I love you, and hey lady, you walking on the side, I love you, and sir, I love you. He could have done all that. But he didn't shout it from heaven. He showed us what love was by becoming one of us in the form of a man named Jesus. This is uh, love on display for the whole world to see. And Jesus came for the messed up. The Bible says he befriended, believe it or not, prostitutes. Uh, he associated with tax collectors. And that day, uh, in uh, that time of history, they were considered like the lowest denominator of society. And that's who Jesus is connecting with. And maybe in our culture, we would say he's a friend uh, of sinners. We would say uh, he came for the drug dealer, the sex addict, the murderer, the adulterer, the alcoholic, the gossiper, the liar, the narcissist, the unforgiving, the arrogant, the greedy, the angry, the selfish. He came for people who were not perfect, and he came for people who did not have perfect faith. Jesus came to love bad people to life. Let me tell you, that's good news. And good news is contagious. The fact that we can be right with God, not by going to church, not by doing all the so-called good things in life, by you know, maybe giving to the poor, uh, helping a nonprofit, uh, and not doing the things that we're not supposed to do. No, no, no. That's not how we get right with God. We can be made right with God through Jesus Christ. And I love what the Bible says when it says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You hear that? Whoever. It doesn't matter how many times you've screwed up your life. It doesn't matter how messed up you are. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I know sometimes we think we, we have messed up so bad that it's actually beyond what God could do for us. No, 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 no. Let me just tell you. No matter how far our sin is, God's grace always goes a little bit farther. So whoever calls on the name of the Lord, that's, that's what God came for, for sinners like you and me. In fact, that's the exact kind of people he came for, people who are messed up. We are made right with God by trusting in Jesus who died for our sins and the sins of the world. And that, my friend, let me tell you, is good news.
In fact, it's great news, and we are carriers. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we're carriers of this good news. So let's make sure that it is spreading everywhere. Because there is a day coming that people will meet God face to face. And we have the good news that can relieve the fear. And if there was ever a day and age where some people need some good news, it is April of 2020. Because all you seem to hear is bad news. And fear is spreading. And, and we, we got the good news. We got hope in times like this. We are carriers. So the question is, what are we carrying? What are we carrying? Are we carrying fear? Worry? Anxiety? Uncertainty? Are we carrying hope. So ask yourself this question. Is what I am carrying worth catching? Is what I am carrying worth catching? If you look back uh, in chapter 1 of 1 uh, Thessalonians and you go down to verse 8 it says, I love this. It says, and now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere even beyond Macedonia and Achaia. For, who, for wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We don't even need to tell them about it. I love that. Wherever they go, people are talking about this hope that they have. And even though they're chaotic times, they're talking about the hope that these group of believers had. I mean, they're down at the corner store. They're talking about these people's faiths. Uh, you go to the gas pumps, man, people are talking about this group of people's faith. You go to the park, and they're talking uh, about this faith that they have. Yeah, you run into Costco, and you hear people talking about this faith, and this hope that people have. Everywhere they went, they said people were talking about this love and faith and hope that they had. What if our faith, what if our faith became so contagious that everywhere we went, people were talking about it? They were talking about my faith. They were talking about your faith. They were talking about our faith in God. I'm telling you, if people in Sarnia really fully grasp the good news and what it really meant, it would radically change our city. And I want to tell you, this city would fear less. So let's be carriers of the good news. Let's be carriers of hope. Let's make sure that the good news gets out during these chaotic times. That we don't have to fear tomorrow, because we actually know who holds tomorrow in his hand. And this can happen when we get passionate as a church about the good news, it begins to start ringing out everywhere. I want to encourage you, families, individuals, to open up your Bibles this week and read about the last week of Jesus Christ. You know, the disciples, huh, they were scared to death that last week of Jesus' life. When Jesus wanted to go to Jerusalem, they were like, no, 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 we don't, no, no. No, no, it's, it's too dangerous. See, they were very aware that there was a target 
basically painted on Jesus' back by the religious leaders. Uh, they wanted to take him out. In fact, there was already a manhunt that had been uh, initiated. They wanted to kill Jesus, and when I was reading this week, I, I had forgotten, they also wanted to kill Lazarus because Lazarus had been raised from the dead by Jesus, and the religious rulers wanted to kill him so they could destroy the evidence that, God ha- that Jesus had the power to do such a thing as raise people from the dead. And the good news was spreading so fast that these religious leaders were fearful that they were going to lose control and that their life would never be the same again. Their whole world was being turned upside down. And they just wanted things to go back to normal, but things would never go back to being normal. Because what Jesus was about to do at the end of this last week, the week that we call the Holy, what he is about to do is going to literally blow people's minds. Because he is going to die on a cross. And he is going to raise himself from the dead and offer life, new life in Christ. Let me tell you, the world was in a real mess back in the days of Jesus. And it continues to be in a real mess. And God, the God of all creation, saw Donald Calder in his mess. He saw men like Ed Grant and Theo Hofshaw in their mess. He saw women like uh, Maggie Eastman or Meryl Loosemore. He saw people like Dave Lawrence and, and a James Becker. The list could go on and on and on, but they were in a mess. But then Christ brought peace to our chaos. So let's be, let's be carriers of hope in a world where fear is running wild. We got the good news. We have hope in Christ. May it radiate from us. So everywhere we go, people are talking about people of faith who fear less in times of chaos. Thanks for listening, and consider joining us live on Sundays at 9.15 and 11 a.m. For our address, directions, and any other information, find us online at templebaptist.com. There's no-